0: Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host Patrick Mayhorn, joined as always by co-host Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, what's up, man?
1: Oh, Patrick, um, we we were doubters last week. We thought this slate was going to be kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, and as always, we were wrong, dude. It was uh, it was a great week out of college football. Yeah. Um, I think there were some some miserable games for a lot of fans out there. However. The overall slate was uh, was pretty entertaining. It was, it was pretty much good, top to bottom. There were always at least two or three games on that weren't worth your attention. And yeah,
0: um, yeah good weekend at College ball. Yeah, it was. Uh, that, that's it for sure, is that you, you had emerging storylines throughout, even in games that you maybe didn't expect to be all that good. You had highly ranked teams not really showing up against bad teams. Um, you had some big upsets, all sorts of stuff to talk about. We're going to get right into it. But before we do... Uh, we're going to advertise meetatmidfield.com, which is our website where we put up the premium editions of this podcast of High Street Freaks, uh, the Ohio State podcast that you do with Kevin, uh, as well as the premium posts like the Sunday Hangover or Scheme Standouts, um, and the message board, which was popping once again. Message board always popping. I always love one of my favorite things that happens on the message board is as a you know a slate gets further along and the games become more interesting it just blows up like it's very slow early on like the the evening slate really did not uh did not get going super quick um but then as you get into the second half as you get into like you know games becoming really good um, the board just starts jumping and it's, uh, it's really fun. It's really fun when that happens. So meet at yeah, we We were averaging like 250 posts per thread for each of the slates. Yeah. Like for the, for the,
1: you know, afternoon, uh, or sorry, noon afternoon evening slates. Yeah. They were each at like 250 plus posts. The thing was just, it was rocking. Yep. Yeah. So
0: meet at midfield.com. Go on over there, check it out. If you haven't already, we would love to have you. Um, and then also of course, home field apparel, Ryan, you want to tell people about home field apparel?
1: Of course, man. Uh, I was wearing it on Saturday. Uh, I was alternating between a home field Ohio state shirt and home field pit shirt. uh, As I went to the pit bar for the backyard brawl, uh, unfortunately, but I can't hold that against home field. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man. I I mean, just the best, just the best gear. Uh, It's, you know, the internet and the world's top vintage collegiate athletic apparel. Um, Just so many great designs in there for great different teams, you know, whether you're already checked out of your own team and you think they suck and you want to pick up, uh, a second team for the season and support them with buying a shirt. Or if you, um, I don't know, your uncle went to some school, <laughs> you want to do that. Whether you want to support your own team or kind of just pick up, uh, pick up some gear for another one, but just nowhere better. The designs are fantastic. The quality is tremendous. Uh, just so, uh, so comfortable. Like looks great. It feels great. I mean, just, uh, it's easy to just wear it, you know, throughout the week on college football Saturdays. Uh, we had a few of our subscribers, I think in home field gear, and a few different games that sent us pictures. Uh, so that was kind of cool.
0: Um just been going really well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Use code meet at midfield for fifteen percent off your first purchase over there. Um and also as always, Homefield is not liable for the results of the games of the teams that they have shirts for. It's not their fault that the team did what they did. Homefield has made it very clear that they have nothing to do with the actual outcome yeah. of the game. Um unless I did they think do. it was
1: interesting that they I did think it was interesting that they sponsored Um, Walt Bell's contract, Indiana, and it's now the home field apparel offensive coordinator at Indiana University. Yeah, I thought
0: that was kind of interesting, Um, but, you know, they like who they like, and we can't help them for that. Yeah, they do. uh, Boy, they really do like that guy. They're all over him. Um, All right, let's jump right in here. Weeknight games, we got four of them. First up, Memphis 28, Navy 24. Um, I'll start with the positive. Navy looked better here than I thought it would. Um, It's not been a great start to the season for them under, you know, new head coach. Basically, uh, not a full new staff, but new offensive staff. A lot of changes there. They had looked pretty bad for the first two weeks of the season. Um, they looked okay here. They they kept up. I thought that uh, Alex Texa at fullback looked really good for them, and they made a game of this. Um, on the Memphis side of things, man, it's the same thing we've been saying. They, they just, they're not dynamic. They're not dynamic in anything that they do. They have found a new one guy with Blake Watson, and that's it. That's their whole offense. That's their whole approach. Is just give Blake Watson the ball. He's the only guy who's doing anything for them. Um, there's just nothing going on there. They're not. They are not versatile enough to be a serious contender. I don't think because they just they just find one guy and that's all they do.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just a very boring scheme, especially when you compare it um, to what you've seen in years past. Like obviously the Norvell offenses were so fun and, and we're now seeing him like his Florida state offense when it's clicking, just kind of looks like a Memphis offense. Right. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was pretty great, but, but yeah. Um, I guess I will shout out here. Uh, Navy's fullback Alex Texa. Yeah. Uh, it's T E C Z A, uh, is a pit is a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, he oh. played at Mount Lebanon high school. Um, and he is like six foot 195 pounds, just full of anger. Um, such a good player man i don't know it was really fun to watch him i thought he was basically the entire offense for navy especially they were driving there late with a chance to win yeah um he had 15 rushes for 163 yards and uh, they don't credit him with any passes but but he was kind of out there uh i think he drew a couple penalties as a receiver uh they kind of moved the ball downfield i mean just a really fun player to watch yeah um Navy yeah, County was just short here, but it was a pretty good football
0: game. Yeah, I'll just real quick to accentuate my point here. Uh, Blake Watson, 10 carries and 6 receptions for 169 rushing yards and 68 receiving yards. Um, the rest of the running backs, who I think are pretty good, Javon Ducker, Sutton Smith, uh, they both had 4 carries for 7 yards. Seth Hennigan carried 11 times for 20 yards. There's just nothing going on with this offense. They don't know how to feed the mouths that they have, um, which makes it not... It it's, There's no point to having all those skill guys if you don't know how to use them. Uh, next up here, Maryland 42, Virginia 14. This one was really close until the fourth quarter. It was 21-14 going into the fourth quarter, and then Maryland pulls away with a couple quick scores. Um, shaky, a little bit shaky here from from Maryland in a game where I don't think Virginia really played all that well. Uh, just concerning from Maryland a little bit.
1: I guess a little bit concerning they didn't pull away, but... I mean, they got four turnovers. I don't know. They, yeah, <laughs> they but I, four I do turnovers. think... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think on the whole, though, like I am a little more impressed with Maryland than you are. I know this game was tight, kind of going into it late, but I mean, through three games this season, they're averaging almost seven yards per play on offense. Yeah, uh, They've only allowed one sack despite having a totally rebuilt offensive line that had four new starters. Um, they've been very balanced, too. They're running the ball well. Roman Hemby looks good. Uh, Thalia looks pretty solid. He's thrown a couple picks already, which is not ideal, but uh, it mostly looks pretty good, very accurate. Like I, I just think that looking at the rest of their schedule and how some other teams have already started to collapse. Like this feels like a team that should legitimately win at least eight games this year, if not nine uh, and only lose kind of the top three in the conference. Um, It it looks like I don't know. Like there are definitely flaws here for Maryland and that obviously wasn't a perfect win, but I've been pretty impressed by their progress so far this season.
0: Yeah. My, my concern is finishing drives. My concern is taking advantage of opportunities, which, you know, in this game, you can get away with that against Ohio state and Penn state and Michigan. Uh, which is, you know, who Maryland would really like to beat in the East. I, it's not gonna, that's not gonna slide. You can't win those games doing that, and it's been an issue for them for several years. Uh, next up here, Army thirty-seven, UTSA twenty-nine. UTSA, of course, without Frank Harris here. I thought the backup, Eddie Lee Marburger, played pretty well. Three touchdown passes, seventeen to twenty-five for two thirty-nine. Uh, just, I, I honestly. Just a perfect game from Army. I think Army played about as well as you possibly can play as Army with the way that they're built. They ran the shit out of the ball. They they had it for almost 45 minutes of this game. Um, It's it's an ugly loss, honestly, for UTSA, which I think should be winning this game. But you don't have the starting quarterback, and Army plays this well. It's, It's hard to be too upset about it. I think Army deserves credit for going out and winning this one.
1: Yeah, yeah, credit to him I and mean, UTSA obviously has not had the start to the season they want. No. Uh Frank Harris's, you know, first limitations, then just two missing games and obviously been a huge part of why. Yeah. But um I mean kind of a tough start to the year for UTSA and um what is Trailer's final dance with Harris as quarterback.
0: Yeah, I will mention here real quick just a fun stat. So Army was 8 of 20 on third down and 6 of 6 on fourth down. That is maybe not repeatable. I don't know. <laughs> the the Service Academies are really good at fourth down, just generally. They're they're consistently among the best in the country at it, but um damn, that is uh that is lofty. That's that's a lofty performance on fourth down. Uh next up here, this is one that I watched all of for the day job. Air Force thirty nine, Utah State twenty one. Um mostly came away with from this really impressed with Air Force. I thought Utah State's defense played really poorly. Um, and that deserves to be mentioned. The tackling was not good. The discipline was not good. They looked out of sorts, um, but I was impressed with Air Force. I think that that offensive line is excellent. I think they're really good in the trenches on both sides of the ball, um, and also notably for Utah State. I think it's the end of the cooper Lega era at quarterback. He was pulled shortly after the first quarter. They went with true freshman McKay Hillstead, who looked excellent given the circumstances. I would guess that he's going to be the guy moving forward.
1: For the next four years, presumably. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. As long as they can keep him, I think he's probably going to be the quarterback because it, it, it's just a better fit for the system. He throws the ball on time, and they haven't really had that in you know a year and a half. So next up here, yeah. moving into Saturday, unless you have anything else on the weeknight games. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right, moving into Saturday, noon first up, Florida State 31, Boston College 29. Um, I Felt like just playing with their food, right? Just Florida State wasn't really wasn't really super invested in the game. They didn't feel very focused. They built a lead in the second half and then sat on it and let Boston college back into the game. Um, Just not, not a super disciplined, not a super impressive program or, uh, you know, performance from Florida state here. I thought they just looked uninterested.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, they took a 31 10 lead early in the third quarter and then just didn't really play the rest of the game. They just didn't do anything. Um, i understand you really can't get up for all of them every week but there is a certain level where like once you take your eye off the ball you know you have to be able to re-engage put this out of reach and they really did not do that uh, i mean boston college had the ball twice with a chance to uh excuse me take a lead on florida state late in the game yeah uh like with two minutes left in the fourth quarter they've take the lead here also i do want to reflect back to reflect back to like the early part uh, of the game it was the second drive for boston college where they had a chance to go up fourteen to three on Florida State, uh, they had a first and goal in the Seminoles' four yard line, yeah. and ended up settling for a field goal and never let again the rest of the game after FSU's next possession. Yeah, um, that's the difference. If you're, it's like you know, this is going to be a theme this week. We have this about a few coaches, but um, when you're trying to go for an upset bid, you can't coach scared. Yeah, you have to play to win. And taking the points there is a horrible move. You should be pushing to maximize your advantage yeah. whenever
0: you can get it um, because it's not on the field your advantage is not in the actual play-by-play down-to-down basis your players are worse it's it's like these guys don't know that it's like jeff halfley doesn't realize hey your players are worse and the longer that they have to play the worse it's going to be for you like (laughs) you, you can't you can't just waste chance you're not in the fucking nfl man talent is not equated you need to find ways to make up for that ground and he's just just unwilling to do it um yeah, that that would be that's the number one thing. Also notable here, Boston College seventeen percent explosive play rate. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What is Florida State doing yeah. back there? The
1: Castianos kid. Well, they had a, they had a couple injuries. They had two starters missing in the secondary. Yeah, and then Jared Verse missed a chunk of the game as well with an injury. Um, yeah, but obviously it's not an excuse, right? It still it still can't happen. Boston College is a horrible offense. Although, we will say the new quarterback Castellanos – looked
0: pretty good. Yeah. Um he's up. No idea if he, he has moments. Yeah.
1: yeah. No no idea if he's related to the uh you know the homophobic home run guy. Um <laughs> I don't think he is. <laughs> no, there's no we can't confirm that or deny yeah. it. Yeah. Um but yeah I mean just a sleepy performance. Can't have that. Like this is a thing you know, I think a lot of narrative right now is going around like, okay, and we'll get to this in a second, but like the Alabama dynasty is dying or dead. Yeah. And obviously Georgia is there to replace it to some level but like who else is going to be there as a consistent performer like who's going to be the team that you know of like the second level contenders that steps up and takes 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 advantage of it yeah um obviously florida state and texas have a lot of buzz right now usc has a lot of buzz uh there's the teams that are always there lately like ohio state and michigan and you know um but like the, the difference that's separated i think alabama is even on their sleepy weeks they could turn it on enough to just put teams like this away yeah and not ever be at risk of losing and I think you see like the up and down nature of Florida State and Texas just shows those coaching staffs, those players are not there yet. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do. It, it's very hard to do, but you if you want to be great, you got to do it. Yeah. It's not an easy game to win. Yeah. I mean, like not, not the Boston college game. I mean, like becoming a dominant
0: power in college football is not easy. Yeah. It has to be hard. Yeah. yeah. Which, which with Alabama not being there and with seemingly nobody having that sort of consistency this season, uh, we're going to talk about this on the premium show, wide fucking open. Absolutely wide fucking open season. It could be anybody, um, because there is just not that reliable week in, week out, showing up. You you know what you're going to get from anybody right now. Um, next up here, <laughs> kind of a similar vein, sticking with that theme, Penn State 30, Illinois 13 was close for most of the game. Um, ugly, just an ugly game here from Penn State, especially on offense. Uh, 36% success rate against an Illinois defense that has had some issues yeah. this season, uh, was not especially impressed here with drew Aller, he he struggled like we said he might against that interior pressure i don't think he was super comfortable um and penn state in general just wasn't a great day up front was not a great day in general they, they found a way to win which you got to do you know there's something to be said for winning games like this on the road it's not you know an easy team to play illinois isn't even if it's a you know a down year this year but damn this was not pretty for penn state no like you said i mean just Discombobulated is the word I would use. Yeah. Right? Like not
1: a clear focus, not a clear execution on their efforts. They just kind of were fucking around out there. Yeah. Is what it felt like. Uh I mean, I don't know, they averaged less than 5 yards of play, they completed less than half their passes. Uh they were terrible on third and fourth down. Uh just did not convert very well. Um yeah, and they also it's the same problem we called out like as their fatal flaw in the off season. They don't have anybody at receiver. Uh, there was not a single player who caught more than three passes for them. Um, they they just don't have any options who can get open consistently, who can actually catch the ball in they are open. Uh, quite a few drop passes here. Aller was off target quite a bit. Uh, again, he completed less than half of his passes individually. The team did as well. Um, and, like, Penn State didn't turn the ball over either, right? It was just, yeah, like, they weren't Illinois finishing did. drives. They weren't executing. Yeah, Illinois did. It, it, but, like, Penn State didn't yeah Altmyer threw four picks obviously Penn State defense was sick here yeah I'll say that like yeah. obviously Altmaier's a flawed player but the Penn State defense was awesome um and despite being on the field so often because Penn State wasn't really finishing drives or you know possessing the ball that well um I think that I guess what did they have they finished with 31 minutes of possession uh and just 19 first downs um not very good, man. I don't know. Penn State's offense not very good. Penn State's
0: defense nasty, just as sick as we expected. Yeah, um, they're awesome. They're 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 so good. Yeah. Next up here, LSU forty-one, Mississippi State fourteen. I don't think that the final score accurately reflects how severe a whooping this was. This is yep. uh, this is comprehensive. We've got a Mike Wright sighting in this game. That is not what you want if you're <laughs> if you're Mississippi State. LSU just got whatever it wanted. I mean. Jaden Daniels thirty for thirty four for three sixty one and two touchdowns. Malik Neighbors goes for almost two forty and he added
1: two more touchdowns to the ground. So yeah, yeah. yeah, you
0: Like and it's I mean, LSU held the ball for what was it? almost forty minutes and they didn't run that well. They ran fine, you know. They were averaging a, a good amount of yards on the times that they did run, but like it's <laughs> they just they just beat the shit out of them. They really just beat the shit out of them on both sides of the ball. I was really impressed by this.
1: Yeah, there were two games from, like, top 10 or 15-ish teams where it looked like a comfortable win. that doesn't really reflect how bad of a blowout was. Yeah. Uh This is one of them. Uh, we'll talk about the other one uh, in the, yeah. I believe, afternoon slate. I know exactly um, where you're headed with it, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Mississippi State only had 200 yards of the day. Uh, 201 <laughs> yards of offense. Jesus. Like, just, yeah, just a whooping. Just an absolute whooping. Really impressed by LSU. And obviously, they kind of needed a bounce back, get right game like this. um they're they're giving sec play for a while i think i think they're non-con spread out kind of weird where they have like three consecutive games of sec west play after this then army yeah then they have the so-called saturday game like towards the end of the year um kind of a weird kind of a weird schedule set up but but yeah i mean they're going to be in conference play most of the season going forward so yeah it's good to have a get right game like this like between this and grambling state after the florida state lost over the year Um, good to be in this position and win this game like this. Yeah. I would Um, say
0: from what I have seen from, from the sec West teams, LSU is the one that I feel best about pretty comfortably at this point. I know they lost to Florida state. I think they are the best of the bunch uh, right now. I don't think it's that close. Yeah. This is one of those where, yeah, just showing up, showing up for a game that you should win and uh, winning it (laughs) convincingly. It could have been a lot worse than it was. This is. And
1: oftentimes those early season losses are clarifying too, right? You get whooped like that early in the year. it, It, it,
0: brings that focus because you know your season's over if you if you don't win the yeah. rest of them. Yeah, this was dominant. Next up here, uh Missouri thirty, Kansas State twenty-seven. Missouri wins this in in probably the stupidest imaginable way, which is that they take they take a full start penalty right before kicking the eventual game winning field goal from sixty one yards out. Um, you find a way and they did the environment for this was fantastic. I thought Missouri was really impressive with just the way that they handled themselves here. Kansas state was obviously limited by the fact that Will Howard was in and out of the game with an injury. And I think that that really played a pretty big factor in this result, but Missouri found a way good for them. That's, that's a really impressive win that we did not think they were going to be able to get.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, you know, like you said, there were a few things that Kansas State did that kind of limited themselves in this game. Yeah. But even without that, I think Mizzou was further ahead than I expect them to be. I did not think Mizzou would be this good. Uh, Luther Burden is a guy. He yeah. is an absolute dude for them. Um, really impressive player. Uh, but, but yeah, for Kansas State, like, you can look back at this and find a few options where, where like, this results change pretty easily. I mean, they had that interception at midfield that led to a Mizzou field goal. They settled for two field goals in scoring position. And Where I, I argue they probably should have gone for it, they're like fourth and manageable. Um, they had a touchdown take off the board by a penalty that I thought was pretty bogus. Um, like there's a few things here you look back, this result could go very differently, but it didn't. And and Mizzou was in the game the whole way. And despite, I think, some poor coaching <laughs> from their staff, the players found a way to go win this one. So, yeah. uh, credit to them. I don't think Mizzou looked well coached, I still think Drake was an idiot, yeah, but uh. They they won the game, which is a huge thing to
0: do. Yeah, it's really hard to watch a Mizzou game and not come away with the impression that Eli Drinkwitz is just stupid as shit. He's not good at his job. He's really no, really he's not good. He's a real at his job. moron. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. Uh, it's impressive that they win as much as they do, given that that guy's in charge. What a what a dipshit. Uh, next up here, Louisville twenty-one, Indiana fourteen. Really a kind of nothing game. Louisville scores twenty-one in the first half. Indiana scores fourteen in the third quarter, and that's it. Um, I thought that Indiana found. A little bit with Taven Jackson here. It seems like they're starting to get a little bit better of a feel for how to use his skill set, but that offense just just doesn't have enough guys. There's just not enough guys on offense, and they couldn't find a way to make plays. They get, they got down to I think like the one yard line with the chance to tie the one and, and a half foot
1: line. Yeah, was in couldn't was the one get and in, and a half foot
0: line. Yeah, and couldn't get yeah. into the end zone. Um, they're just you know they're limited. They're a limited football team. Louisville, I don't think is. Especially good either, but they they managed to not lose the game. I think that that was really what it came down to—is just who could avoid losing this game.
1: Yeah. Also, I do want to circle back here because there were quite a few Indiana fans who uh, got pissed off at me last season uh-huh. uh, for saying that like Darren Hiller wasn't the only problem, yeah, and that Walt Bell was obviously a moron too. And I, I think basically the whole fan base has since turned on him, and we're all agreeing now. But yeah, Walt Bell sucks, dude. Like Walt Bell is the problem here. Yeah. um and even though the O line's better, they're still gonna have a limited offense because Walt Bell calls terrible plays that don't fit his personnel and are not complimentary to the situation. Like calling a wide power on the one and a half foot line. Yeah. But you've been running the ball well at the interior all day and passing well all day. It's just it's just nonsense. Like I don't think he he has any he doesn't have any fucking
0: brain cells in his head, dude. It's just like rocks rumbling around up there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he has been bad his whole career. It's not like oh, he just doesn't. He's not figured it out in Indiana. Like he was dead on arrival when they hired him because he was shitty everywhere he's been. Just a dum dumb. Not a good coach. Doesn't have anything going on. Um, I will say on the Louisville side, Jamari Thrash four receptions, 159 yards and a touchdown. Maybe more than four next time. Might want to go for more mm-hmm. than more than four receptions <laughs> next time if he's doing that. Because Indiana didn't really. He's have a whole so lot of obviously for him. their best player. Like, yeah. So obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've got two very different problems. These two programs do. Louisville has talent that it doesn't know how to use. Indiana doesn't have talent and it doesn't know how to use it. Like it's it's just uh, it's, it's kind of kind of messy game. Two very messy teams right now. I don't I don't have super high hopes for them at this point.
1: Yeah, I will say for Indiana, like I don't know. Every time you watch that team, Aaron Casey is making a play. Yeah, um, he is really good at linebacker. I think Andre Carter is also a pretty good defensive end. I think those guys are probably both going to play on Sunday some capacity. Yeah. Um but but we'll be curious to see going forward. Yeah. I mean Indiana I just don't have any faith that coaching staff gets the most out of their roster and the roster itself is pretty limited outside of a few positions. Yeah. Next up um,
0: Wake Forest 27 Old Dominion 24. Wake Forest scores all 27 of its points in the second half. Um I mean you you just just blowing it here for Old Dominion which didn't play all that well to begin with. I think they had two pick sixes in this game. Um, that offense is, is pretty bad. But Wake Forest, man, what the fuck? What the fuck? This is not a team you should be competitive with. They're not
1: good this year. I think no. we talked about it. <laughs> we, we talked about it in the offseason. I think you had more faith in Klaassen than I did. But I, I think, like... I mean, I don't know, but the, sc- the schedule so manageable. That, like they're probably they're going to make a bowl game still, but this yeah. team that's like seven and five football team. Yeah, that's,
0: like they are. I, I will say that is my faith in Clawson is that he could get a, a roster that's not very good to seven wins. I think that's impressive.
1: Yeah, it's its own skill set. It's definitely its own skill set. Um, but I mean, I, they have games coming up at Clemson versus Florida State at Duke at Notre Dame. Yeah, those are all multi-score losses. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll probably, I mean, the rest of the schedule, they have Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Pitt, NC State, Syracuse. Um, they're probably going to lose one or two of those as well.
0: Yep, yep. I think if you get to six, you're probably fine for for this season with Wake Forest. It was not going to be a big year ever. Uh, next up here, <laughs> talk about a coach who can't do anything with anything, who could not wheel a bad roster to a bowl game, who could not win a bunch of games with a good roster, who really just shouldn't be in charge of, you know, more than like a McDonald's drive through Matt Campbell with <laughs> Iowa State. Ohio 10, Iowa State seven. Ryan, this is not a good Mac defense. This is not like, oh, the the stifling Ohio Bobcats defense. It's been dog shit for several years, and Iowa State just mm-hmm. scored seven points against it. Jesus Christ.
1: It, it's not even like the Ohio offense looking either, like no. Ohio didn't do anything. <laughs> they good. gained two hundred and
0: forty-seven yeah. yards. It was not impressive. Yeah, the
1: average, they averaged well under four yards of play. Um, there's nothing nice to say about this. Like, this was just a horrible performance from Iowa State. I guess you could say their quarterback, he had a couple stupid interceptions, but, like, was accurate most of the time. I, yeah. you, you have that going for you? But they got no pressure on Curtis Rourke. Um I don't know. Their secondary was okay. Like There was a couple things you could say looked decent. But, like, yeah, I, I, Iowa State just didn't have anything here. They have nothing. Yeah. They are in for, I think, a very long season uh, because that's who Matt Campbell is. Matt Campbell sucks, dude. Like, it's we're reaching the end of this thing. I, th- I think all of the shine is off him. All of the national media has finally gone away from like lionizing Matt Campbell. Yeah. He's going through the David Shaw cycle where he he obviously had a shorter peak than Shaw. Shaw did better um, earlier on and kind of sustained the hype for longer. But you know, Matt Campbell now is basically like. He's probably going to ride it out for two or three more years because Iowa State isn't like you know quick to move on from coaches because their expectations are low, but they might lose like nine games this year, dude. Yeah,
0: they're really shitty. They were really shitty last year too, and they just yeah. The, the quarterback, the best thing you can say about him is that he was better than most of his teammates, and that is not really a compliment on this team. It does not take yeah. much to be better than most of this team. They they stink. They stink out loud. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this really quick.
1: If they don't beat Oklahoma State next weekend, they will not win a game the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Boy, that's going to be a fun one. That's a real stink-off right there. Uh, Next (laughs) up here, into the afternoon, speaking of teams near the top of the rankings, uh, at the top of the rankings, struggling with lesser opponents, Georgia 24, South Carolina 14, Georgia pulls away in the second half and does enough to win this game, but again, man, it's the theme of the show, just ugly. Ugly win. Really not impressive against a South Carolina team that just didn't have doesn't have a ton of juice. They lost one of their best players early on in this game in Juice Wells. Um I just George's offense is disjointed. It's really really disjointed right now. I wonder why. Is there anything that could have led to this? Yeah. Yeah, it is it, okay. I, I think increasingly it is going to be just a, a ridiculous unnecessary heat check and, and shooting yourself in the foot with bringing back Mike Bobo as the offensive coordinator. What was the point? What are you trying to prove, man? What, what do you just hire a good one instead of the shitty one? You don't need to be like, yeah. oh, I'm the coach rehabilitator. Don't you see what happened to Nick Saban doing that shit? Don't you talk to him ever? Can't you reflect on you know anything that's going on? You don't need to do that. You don't have to bring in some old dipshit and try to make him good again. You could just hire a good coach.
1: Yeah, it's, it's baffling. I don't really understand why they did it. Um it's obviously having its consequences. I think based on what we saw from some of their league mates this this week, particularly Tennessee, I think they're probably still going to sleepwalk to like 12 wins. Yeah. Uh however, the offense looks nasty. This is not to me they would have to fundamentally change and probably get lucky to break through for a third consecutive title. Of course the rest of the slate's so wide open, but like
0: Georgia looks pretty ass to me. Yeah. Um the defense I so think far, is is pretty good. The defense figures out. It is out. nasty. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, Spencer Rattler had a couple really good drives, but without Juice Wells, he didn't have a ton of, you know, anything going on. Yeah. Um, also,
1: I mean, tough for South Carolina too. Juice Wells hurting his foot on a touchdown celebration is yeah. so tough. Yeah. That's, that's
0: like... That's brutal.
1: I mean, and it's, it's going to be out, they said, not necessarily for the entire year, <sighs> but for quite a while. Jesus, man. Um, that's the whole offense. It's, it's the whole offense. And he broke the foot that already had screws in it too. Uh, um that stinks. So, yeah, I feel bad for him. He was... Uh, did you see the video of him after his injury? Where, where he was celebrating uh, the touchdown and then trying to run onto yeah. the field.
0: Yes, I did. He, yeah.
1: He like demanded to be brought back. Yeah. It was kind of, I mean, it was kind of cool. He, yeah. I do like that kid a lot. Yeah. I, um, I feel for him. But extinct. I mean, yeah, George, speaking of Georgia's defense here, like they just really locked down in the second half. Uh, I mean, South Carolina had a 14 to three lead going into halftime. And then uh, South Carolina's offense came out and their drives to open the second half went three and out uh, or sorry, a punt on three and out a punt, another three and out punt, uh, a turnover on downs in their own territory. Then two interceptions and the game was over. Yeah. Um they just had nothing in the second half, uh, pretty much. Georgia came out and clamped them up. Uh Georgia, I think, scored. They were in scoring position in their first four drives, second half. They missed a field goal one, but scored touchdowns the other three. Uh,
0: and that was the ball game. It was over. Yeah. Next um, up here, staying in the SEC unless you have anything else on Georgia. No, I'm fine. Uh Alabama 17 at South Florida three. <laughs> it's over. It's over, man. They have nothing going on. This offense is a fucking nightmare. It is... There's no... There's not a... There's not a positive outlook for it. It's not like, oh, it could be this. They have nothing. Their quarterbacks are all dog shit. They've tried all three of them. They're all bad. I think Jalen Milroe is probably the best of the bunch, which is a really good reflection of the bunch. Um, this super-touted offensive line was just beat all to hell by a bad AAC team. Um, there's nothing here. They've got nothing going on. This is a bad football team right now. This is a flat-out if you if you washed away the logo if you sent them out there in generic jerseys they would not be in the top 25 they're bad
1: yeah yeah it's not like you said it's not bad for alabama it's outright bad it's bad um yeah like this This team looks like comfortably worse than what we've seen out of like Kansas this season. It's not even close. Yeah, Um,
0: yeah. I'll I'll give some background on South Florida here real quick for people who don't follow the the G5 super closely. One of the worst programs in the AAC for the better half of the last you know half decade. They have been awful. They've been desolate. They have no real line talent. They have no real established culture. They suck. Their quarterback isn't good. The skill talent is just sort of, you know, Island of Misfit Toys. This is not a good program. This is not like, oh, they no, had a tight game. Alex
1: Galash is the coach. Yeah, they had a yeah. tight
0: game with Tulane. Like, Tulane would beat Alabama right now. Straight up, Tulane would beat Alabama. That's a better program than what Alabama is doing. It's a better team than what Alabama is doing right now. South Florida's bad. South Florida's probably not a bowl team. And Alabama, I mean, Alabama was favored by 34 points. They won by 14. They could barely score. It's horrible, <laughs> and, and not only did they lose by they, they won by fourteen. Like South Florida had
1: the ball with a chance to take the lead with yeah. two minutes left. Yeah, if if uh, South
0: Florida doesn't have six goddamn turnovers turnovers in this game, it might have won. You might lose to a bad AAC team if not for six bad turnovers, five fumbles. Yeah. Like uh, they got lucky. Alabama got lucky to win this game, man. Yeah, and I will say as
1: well. Like again, like for proper contextualization here, USF is. I'd say comfortably, like, one of the 20 or 30 worst FBS teams in the country. Yeah. Um, like, they they lost by three scores to a Western Kentucky team that just lost by 53 to Ohio State. Hmm. Um, they, they barely beat Florida A&M, an FCS school. Um, it, like, they are not looking good at all. There's nothing good they're doing. Like I, I think USF may finish, like, three and nine. Yeah. Uh, it's very possible. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, I will say I am fairly shocked that Alabama did not go back to Jalen Miller at any point during this game. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, he has his own struggles, but he is so clearly better than Bookner
0: and and Simpson. Yeah. Like, very obviously better. At least he can run around, you know? Like, at least he can make some plays behind this offensive line. At least he can extend the play. Neither of these guys can do it, and they can't keep him upright. Like it's not like they have the twenty, twenty wide receivers out there and they're just spreading the ball around like crazy. Like there's not really it's the, the the quarterback is not a game manager within this offense. There's no game to manage. There's no skill talent to get the ball to.
1: Right. There's it's it's a Tommy Reese scheme, right? There's no cohesiveness to do it. There's he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh it's I don't know. I, I mean I I think you have to put out there because even if it is like bad football, it's at least giving you a chance to do something. Uh and, and he can make plays on his own. And I think Like the biggest knock on him is that he was turnover prone and accurate, which is true. But also, your other quarterbacks are turnover prone and inaccurate and they can't move. Yeah. So, (laughs) like, unless they're going to try Dylan Lonergan, right? (laughs) Like, unless they're going to start him, like, their other, or was it Eli Holstein's the other freshman, I think? Yeah. If you want to try one of the, the other two freshmen,
0: go ahead and do that, see if someone's good. But I think the answer probably is that every guy in your room sucks. Yeah, uh, and and whoever you put back there, these tackles are not going to keep them upright. They're just not. They're not. They have not lived I, up I to the hype f- at all. I am fairly shocked
1: by how bad J.C. Latham has looked. Yeah, like obviously he's the just, worst play that line. Just he's just slow. He's
0: he's slow as yeah. shit, and he doesn't try.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like he's not even the worst play in the line, right? Caden Proctor's is much worse, but Caden Proctor's is a true freshman. Yeah, like you can understand why that's happening. Latham's been in the roster; like he should be. Like his film last year looked good. When he came on the games, he looked solid for that. Yeah. Um I'm kinda confused what happened in the offseason to him.
0: Yeah. Um well here, I'll I'll say know. I'll say real quick and I don't know if we have anything else on this game, but I will I have a uh just an anecdote that can maybe say a little bit about JC Latham. I know for a fact, I have been told this, that several of the Utah State defensive linemen who transferred out of the program last uh, this last offseason, the number one lead game on their tape that they were sending around was against Alabama's offensive line. That's it. That is that is illuminating, that a defensive end who was going up for 60 snaps against J.C. Latham is leading with that tape. The dude is not good. He's just not good.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Um Man, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's baffling to me. I think that is the biggest thing. Like, obviously, quarterback play we knew would be bad. It's even worse than we thought. The receivers and running backs and tight ends are all exactly who we thought they are. And the O line is much worse than anyone expected this season. Yeah. Um, it's the defense is nasty. Like, I mean, credit to them. I know they lost to Texas and had some breakdowns, but like, you can see the elements of a defense that if they were not on the field so much and being asked to play so many snaps, yeah. and put in poor positions that would be very good uh obviously you know dallas turner looked like a freak out there yeah um i mean but it's just it's not gonna work out because the offense can't move the ball consistently so the defense is gonna keep getting exhausted injuries are gonna rack up It's just the way it works like and, and also like i mean i don't know you had usf's like 190 pound running back putting his shoulder through Caleb Downs' chest and right. Yeah. I don't know
0: if you saw that video in my, he hit the shit article. out of him. He <laughs> hit, hit, hit the, the shit, shit out, out of him. him. Yeah. It was like yeah. a 2005 AFC North hit on Alabama safety yeah. against USF's five, nine running back. It's very funny. It's very funny yeah. to have that happen to you.
1: Uh, all right. Well, we have some more games in here. We're going to go through really quick uh, yeah. in this slate. Uh, Oklahoma 66 at Tulsa 17. Um, <laughs> man, I know it's, it's, there's not much to learn out of a game where you play Tulsa, but I don't know. They went for nearly 600 yards and 66 points yeah. and forced five turnovers. Oklahoma, I have to say, it has looked actually good through three games.
0: They've looked good through two games. They did not look good against SMU, which is the only competent opponent that they've played, um, which <sighs> I, I I would like to see. That's I would like to see them do it against a, a competent team here at some point. I think that it's not beating up on really shitty teams was not the problem for them last year. It wasn't like, Oh, they can't beat Tulsa. You know, it's like, yeah, I think a lot of people are probably going to put it on Kevin Wilson and Tulsa this year. I just good, good for you. Good job. You did what you were supposed to do. Let's see it in a, in a conference game. Let's see it against a competent opponent.
1: I would argue they did like struggle with this a bit last year. Like, I I mean, I don't know, like they barely beat some pretty, like they barely beat West Virginia last year. And, uh, or they lost to West Virginia, right? They struggled with Iowa State. Like, they, yeah. you know, like they, they were in a game for like three quarters of Nebraska until they pulled away. Like, there are certain games where I don't know. Like, I think they did actually struggle to do that. So, I think it is an improvement just to consistency, if nothing else.
0: Sure. They're also Oklahoma. It shouldn't be that hard. It it shouldn't be it something shouldn't that be we hard. have it to should, mention. I we shouldn't and, yeah, have to say, like, oh, yeah. wow, they beat, they beat the shit out of Tulsa. Yeah, of course. You're fucking Oklahoma. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just putting Oklahoma on, like, maybe we were wrong about the watch is all I'm saying. We'll see. We'll see. Next up here, Oregon State 26, San Diego State 9. Um, Not a ton to say here. I thought that uh, at its best, Oregon State's offense looked really good. This was not a great game from DJ Uyunglele. He had two interceptions, completed less than half of his passes. Um, the San Diego state defense, I think found some things that worked pretty well for it here and Oregon state still won by, you know, almost 20. That's, uh, do what you got to do. Find a way to win the game. They're very good at doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it worked. I mean, the offense looked slow and clunky and all those things, but they got to win. It happened. Yep. Um, Rutgers 35 against Virginia tech at home 16. Um, man, Like the offense still looks so super shitty. Like they have a Neanderthal passing attack. Gavin Wimsatt is a bum. Yeah. However, uh, thirty-five points. gets a power-five team. It's still significant for me. I know it's. I know we're grading them on a curve. I'm not saying they're gonna you know start going to play for Big Ten
0: titles, but like, Rutgers looks competent. Yeah, it's a good win. I mean, it is. It's a. It's a. It's a straight up. It's a good win, um, and they do deserve credit for it. Virginia Tech is. In the gutter, Virginia Tech is is uh, is six feet under, trying to fight its way back up. It's it's a, yep. it's a challenge there right now. It is a it is a real challenge.
1: Brent Pry will be an analyst at like <laughs> North Carolina next season. Yeah, he'll be he'll be doing what Gene Chizik did. He's going to be an analyst um, at Goldman Sachs next season if he stays on this pace. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, all right, Washington forty-one at Michigan State seven. Ooh. This is the other game i was talking about um this could have been so much worse yeah uh they had over 700 yards of offense and they had five drives in michigan state territory that did not result in touchdowns yeah um this
0: could have been 70 to nothing like pretty easily yeah yeah pretty pretty easily i think and and honestly maybe should have been michael penix here just electric against a, a disastrously bad secondary twenty seven of thirty five passing for four seventy three and four touchdowns. Um, they were playing on air. I mean, this is you get to see Washington's offense at its purest form because Michigan State does not have any players in the on the defense. There's nobody in that secondary who should be playing at this level of football. It is not it's not fair to ask those cornerbacks to take on this kind of assignment. Um, but Washington again, just another team. Uh, taking care of business against a bad opponent here. It's you know you, you see both sides of that. Washington did not struggle at all. They kicked the shit out of these guys. They really, really kicked the shit out of these guys.
1: Michigan State would be better served as a program if they allow the opponents to put the ball at their twenty-five yard line, yeah, uh, and just, just, get just get their get drives the over way. with faster,
0: yeah, yeah, so they can get the ball back and yeah. I mean that that's a better chance for them what they're currently doing. Yep. Last one um, here in the afternoon slate: Ohio State sixty-three, Western Kentucky ten. Uh, I would imagine that you're pleased with this one.
1: Yeah, that's all. It was kind of like, it is a Western Kentucky, right? And I, yeah. I understand they are a flawed football team. However, this is like the first team to hold them. This is from our buddy Bill Landis, to hold Western Kentucky to fewer than four yards of play uh, in the Helton era. Yeah. Uh, like, it, they, it is like they had one of the best defensive performances against a very good Western Kentucky offense in that program's recent history. Yeah, uh, The defense looked very good. Yeah. Um and the offense obviously there was still one or two stupid Cal McCord plays, which you'll have with him, but uh I mean look, look very good. They kind of got out of their own way finally and stopped trying to force things that didn't work and just got the ball to playmakers, which is like, you know, why did it take two weeks to do that? Yeah. Um but we'll see. I, I'm I'm now much more intrigued by Ohio State Entertainment. Those teams are both currently top four and uh, uh FP plus S P plus. Yeah. And it looks like a pick 'em right now. So I think we'll talk about that game more
0: on the Thursday podcast, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Did what they were supposed to do. Um you guys are on the fucking roller coaster. I've said this. I've said this before in the off season. Yeah. You people are on the roller coaster. I don't think you are as much as some other Ohio State people. Um Let's maybe take a chill pill on the uh, the we're back national championship favorite sort of thing because Ohio State was ready to you know run run Ryan Day out of town on a fucking train last week. <laughs> let's let's let's, yeah. give it, let's give it a rest here real quick. It's true. Also, really quick, one more game I wanted to mention in the Big Ten that I forgot to put in the document
1: was yeah. uh, North Carolina thirty-one uh, against Minnesota thirteen. Uh, Minnesota is kind of fly under the radar uh for their passing attack because of how much more fun it is to make fun of like matt campbell and you know yeah. other other teams yeah but apocalyptically bad passing offense yeah um they're, like there are consequences yeah There are a disaster there are consequences to write off all your assistance to other jobs in the conference yeah um the uh the cali Cali-Manus kid uh is completing 51.1 of his passes at 5.1 yards per attempt with one touchdown against three interceptions he has Four hundred forty-six passing yards and four hundred and eighty-seven total yards through three games to start Um
0: just can't have it. No. Just cannot have it. Can't have it. Next up here, moving into an, a loaded evening slate. Uh Florida 29, Tennessee 16. I had sort of a feel- Yeah, I had sort yeah. of a feeling coming in. It had that feeling of a game that's like Tennessee just shits the bed and Florida gets a win that it probably doesn't really deserve not that they didn't deserve to win this game but just as a team florida is not they shouldn't win this game this should not be a game that tennessee does this in um very strong uh watching the game versus box score situation here with joe milton whose box score looks okay you know i I think if you're just looking at the stats you'd think yeah joe milton wasn't the biggest issue here joe milton was the biggest issue here that guy can't play that dude straight up he cannot play Every time they needed him to make a play, he didn't do it, and usually he actually did the opposite. He made a uh, like a very bad play. He threw the ball forty yards into the air, and uh, like like an arm punt, or he threw it into the turf, or he took a sack, or any number of things. He's just not decisive enough to play in this offense.
1: No, he doesn't. He doesn't see the he doesn't see the structure well enough. He doesn't make the reads fast enough. He he cannot do this. Um, they have to go to Nico, I think, if they yeah. want to save the season. Um, they have to go to Nico. Yeah. Um, also, did you see a Tennessee fan who got the Josh Heipel tattoo last year who was asking for a GoFundMe to remove it? Um, <laughs> why,
0: you, why would you do that? What would compel <laughs> a man to do that? <laughs> you can't do it that. It is,
1: uh, it's really, really funny. I hope it was real. It looked real. It looked like a real tattoo to me. Yeah. Um. Uh, it was very, very funny. But yeah, no, I mean, this is horrible. Like Florida's not a good football team. No. Uh, credit to Graham Mertz. That he wasn't good, but he did complete most of his passes. He was pretty accurate. Yeah. Um. Of course, they were asking to throw like you know three yard slant routes. Yeah. Uh, and wasn't just running the football, but it, it worked. They had a nearly two to one
0: uh, run to pass ratio. That's <laughs> fine. Like a that's fine. 65 Yeah. Yeah. Was, when, uh, I mean, when Trevor Etienne plays like that, that's that's totally fine. He was awesome in this game.
1: Yeah, he was really good. And, and I'll say even he, like, is inflated by – they had one explosive to play all game. Yeah. They had a 62-yard rush. That was their only explosive the entire day. So it wasn't like Tennessee had a bunch of collapses on defense. Like, Tennessee's offense just didn't finish drives. was stupid. Yeah. And it gave huge opportunities for Florida to just, like, excuse me, play simple football and advance the, fo- and advance the ball. I mean, that's, that's it. Like, it's – you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. They, they they turned the ball over on down. in scoring position, Tennessee did three times the second half alone yeah um the defense kind of bottled florida up except for the second quarter or just they just couldn't do anything with it uh they just couldn't they could not finish drives that was it um yeah. there was no one on the field i'd say who looked like really good except for trevor etienne like there's of the other 40 what, <laughs> 43 players who were starting like he was the only one who looked sick
0: yeah yeah, Tennessee. I, th- I think it really, honestly, you can you can tell it pretty quickly here with this game. Tennessee within a, an offense that is all about efficiency, all about keeping things moving, keeping the change moving, going quickly. Thirty-eight percent success rate. Just can't have it. You just can't have it. It's it's not. They're not efficient enough to do what Josh Heupel wants to do right now, and they don't have a ton of answers for getting there. Um, next up. UNLV forty, Vanderbilt 37, Vanderbilt freaked it, man. They freaked the shit out of this game. This was unbelievable how much they fucked this up at the end. So I
1: missed this one. I kind of up on as much of the games as I could because I watched the pit game at the bar Yeah,
0: uh, at the pit bar. So tell me about this game. I didn't see much of it. Okay. So it goes into the last like two minutes. The game is tied. Uh, Vanderbilt ties it at 37 with yeah, a minute 12 to play. It was extremely active. Fourth quarter. UNLV had scored like a minute earlier to take a, a seven point lead. So UNLV gets the ball with a little over a minute to play. And the quarterback, I'm trying to get his name, it was the backup quarterback, uh, Jaden Maiava, throws a a really, really nasty, really awful interception within UNLV territory. Vanderbilt, uh, you know, set up to kick a field goal to try and win the game, doesn't need to cover a whole lot of ground, doesn't cover any ground at all, misses the field goal, gives the ball back to UNLV, which is ready to just take it into overtime. I don't think they had any timeouts. They were ready to run out the clock, and Clark Lee calls a timeout with like 20 seconds left or 30 seconds left. And, and so UNLV gets a big first down on a handoff, and then they throw the ball down the field to Ricky White, just down the sideline, catch it, set up in uh, in, field, in field goal position, and hit the game winner after getting a free timeout from Clark Lee, who was trying to get the ball back. Just a hilarious uh, you know, uh, comedy of errors here from, from both of these teams, but especially from Vanderbilt, just refusing to win the football game. Good for UNLV. Jesus Vanderbilt, this was really nasty yeah this was really nasty I, business
1: I wonder if some of that clerkly uh uh you know optimism or or you know uh, benefit of the doubt is, is fading away pretty fast here yeah but
0: could be yeah yeah here I'm just I'm, yeah. i'll just read the play by play here for this last unlv drive real quick uh first and ten from their own 20 steps back to pass incomplete second and ten 38 seconds to play rushes for four yards um this is when they call it the timeout there's like 29 seconds left. Uh, third and six UNLV rushes for 10 yards, gets a first down and then first and 10 on the UNLV 34, 48 yard completion down the sideline to Ricky White. Then they kick the field goal on the next play. Just can't do it. <laughs> you just can't do it. You can't lose a game like that. Um, really bad, really bad from Vanderbilt. Good for good for UNLV, but Wolf. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, man, Wolf
1: is correct. Speaking of Wolf, um cincinnati and miami huh uh (laughs) did you see this miami ohio yeah um (laughs) first time in like 15
0: years or something like that
1: yeah yeah it's something like that um just pathetic here cincinnati right they cincinnati uh they settled for three field goals inside the miami 10 yard line during this game yeah uh, and also had a field goal blocked as regulation expired um
0: they had th- it's the coaching problem. They had thirty first downs, Cincinnati did. They had all they outgained Miami by almost two hundred yards and they lost this game. Um that is they that is really hard to do. emory Jones with an all time bad interception on the last play of the game, trying to get a uh trying to punch it in, I think, on fourth and goal from one yard out in overtime. Um Miami didn't do a ton here. I thought Brett Gabbard was pretty good. He didn't throw a ton. He was 12 of 20 passing, but Emory Jones makes a couple of really bad mistakes and Cincinnati just doesn't take advantage of the opportunities that it had. Um, bad loss, really, really bad loss.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, that is the Satterfield experience. Um, there he is (laughs) next up South
0: Alabama 33 at Ok state seven. They whooped these boys. They whooped them up and down the fucking field. Outgained them by almost 200 yards. Uh, Had a chance they could have scored later on in this game to make it 40 to seven. Oklahoma State had nothing going here. Couldn't run couldn't pass. They tried three quarterbacks. All three of them suck. South Alabama didn't really even do anything on offense here. It was not like, oh, the South Alabama offense is unstoppable. It was just they blanked them. They totally blanked that offense and found enough ways into the end zone, found enough ways onto the board that uh, that they could get a comfortable win. But it was like it looked like what you would expect a Big Twelve versus Sun Belt matchup would look like if you just flipped the teams. This is what you should be doing as a power conference team against a lesser talented, you know, a less talented opponent. South Alabama just dog walked them. They were much better.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And um, I mean, you can also you can tell the Oklahoma State like boosters and media are turning on them. Yeah, because uh, one of the boosters, and I obviously don't know which one leaked to one of the Oklahoma State message board guys yeah. that uh, Gundy had, like, right after this game, like, like today it happened, like, this morning, uh, leaked and it got out there. But apparently Gundy had been downplaying the importance of NIL and said not to really worry about it for the boosters. Uh-huh. It'd be better to have it for facilities and the program,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: and yada, yada. And, uh, you know, like, they're obviously, they think he's a moron at this point. And the fact that they were leaking that intentionally right after a loss tells me they are preparing their move to get rid of him. Yeah. I would, which maybe sounds crazy. I I know it sounds like nuts. He's been there forever. I don't know if it happens this year, but I think like the patience is worn thin. And if it's as bad of a year, I think it could be. He might be gone soon.
0: Yeah. I think that basically what it comes down to is if this is the best he can do someone, someone out there can at least match this someone out there. It's not going to be It'd that not hard. Be embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be yeah. that hard at Oklahoma state to lose by, you know, almost 30 points to South Alabama. I think a lot of coaches could manage that. Yeah. Frustration boiling over. Of course, all of the Oklahoma state fans outside of the stadium, they're burning their various OAN shirts. They're just kind of, you know, they're sick of the whole <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> they're all becoming lips. They're all putting on the pussy hat. They're, they <laughs> yeah. are abandoning Mike Gundy's Republican party they're giving up on him
1: they're uh they're, yeah they're they're asking the boosters to donate more to gender studies majors yeah, uh,
0: um,
1: yeah. The, yeah they um sure yeah. right <laughs> okay. besides that uh, they're also they're all gonna re-read re- my year of rest and
0: relaxation. That's uh-huh. uh, gonna be what they're gonna do instead of watching the games. So yeah, a um, that would be a really be that would be a really good way to protest a coach. <laughs> it hit him where, yeah. where, oh, blue Oklahoma <laughs> because of Mike Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man. Um, James Madison, 16 at Troy, 14. Yep. Uh, Patrick, this is your baby. Take the lead here. Yeah, it was a fun game. It was a really fun game. The final score, you know, this is kind of like the the Troy South Alabama game last year, where you look at the final score and it's not super high scoring, but I thought both defenses were really impressive. Um, Troy's is is as it was it's very nasty James Madison has figured some shit out at at this level they have found some answers for problems that they were having before um, that were keeping them from winning big games like this they've been successful since last year when they jumped up to the Sun Belt but uh, the way that they defended a really, really good Troy rushing attack in this game was super impressive to me Uh, Kamani Vidal ran uh, 11 times for 27 yards he's really good He's usually really, really good, and they basically just took that part of the game away. They sacked Gunnar Watson a ton. They made him pass the ball 46 times. If you're going to beat Troy, that's how you do it, is you you make him win with Gunnar Watson, and he couldn't do it. James Madison's offense did just enough to win this game. I thought that this was really, really impressive game planning. I thought it was really impressive execution. Um, It's a shame, again, we've said it before, it's a shame that James Madison can't actually compete for the Sun Belt Championship because I think they are the best team in the conference. And honestly, they might be the best G five team this year. They're excellent. They're really, really good at what yeah.
1: they do. I'm still probably partial to Fresno stage. We'll talk about it in a minute. But yeah. um I, I get the sentiment. Yep. Um and yeah, it, it sucks like you said. I, I want to see them be able to compete for that. They are pretty comfortably the best program in Virginia right now, would
0: you say? Yeah. Yep. It, even I think every passing week they get more comfortably into that uh that spot they are outright not a joke not like a oh just us making fun of the virginia teams this is a damn good football program damn good they 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 find a lot of ways to win games they are very very creative they're very adept at answering the call um physical well coached could not be more impressed with james madison that is a strong program
1: yeah i mean winning culture matters man like having a culture of success and winning does does make a big difference yeah um let's uh talk about michigan uh okay uh, michigan won 31 to six over bowling green i don't have a ton here um just that you know and i think some of the media close to the program are pointing this out austin meeks did of, of the athletic um the offense is just disjointed right like they're they're doing fine they, they they move the ball they average seven yards of play against bowling green but also bowling greens one of the worst teams in the country yeah. like by far oh yeah um jj mccarthy threw three picks here they are moving the ball, but they're not finishing drives very well. They have not yet cracked 40 points in a game after playing ECU, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Yeah, um, it, You know, it's, look, they are with without their head coach. I understand that. JJ McCarthy took awesome the first two weeks. was really bad last night, but there's still some room for improvement here. I think these guys figure out how to finish drives. I'm curious to see how Harbaugh coming back affects that or doesn't affect that. Um, but it's been a little bit. Uh, they have a slow start that has not been discussed in the same way slow starts other programs have. So I feel it's our responsibility, Frankly, Patrick, to do so.
0: Yeah. Sure. That's the only reason why, of course. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. I've got nothing here. I, um, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, next up here, disg- God's light does not shine on this football game at all. Disgusting football game. <laughs> BYU 38, Arkansas 31. Um, <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. It was bad in pretty much every way that a football game can be bad. I have I have nothing else to say about it other than just yuck.
1: Yeah, I mean I I, I wanna put some shame on Arkansas because their coaching <laughs> staff deserves some yeah. Some hate here, as do some of the players, honestly. I mean, hate's probably strong, but... They deserve you know, they deserve some hate, yeah they deserve, <laughs> yeah. they deserve
0: to be persecuted for their behavior.
1: <laughs> uh, Arkansas had a 31-21 lead, a little bit over 10 minutes left in the game. Um, they got the ball back and a punt from BYU, had a chance to you know pretty much put this game, maybe not fully out of reach, but pretty much end it, Right, take a 17-point lead and, and put this thing to bed. Uh, they turned the ball over on downs on a failed fourth and short at midfield allowed a BYU field goal they Katie Jefferson threw a pick which allowed a one play BYU touchdown drive they missed the field goal gave up another BYU touchdown they punted they fumbled they took two straight penalties to scoring position with a chance to tie as time expired um just a disastrous second half for them they yeah. were horrible yep in the second half just poor execution from players poor coaching from the coaches Nothing looked good in the second half for Arkansas.
0: Yep, really bad loss for them. Next up, Texas 31, Wyoming 10. It was really close going into the fourth quarter of this game. It was a one-score game. Uh, Texas manages to pull away late, gets a couple big plays, but shaky, 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 shaky here, especially from Quinn Ewers. It was not a good game for him. Um, just some of the same stuff we've been saying about Texas. It's it's more about consistency than it is about showing up in one big game.
1: Yep, it is Exactly what we said they couldn't have, which is the bad Quinn game. Yeah. Uh, uh like good Quinn is awesome. We saw it last weekend. Like Quinn was sick against Alabama. And then Bad Quinn averages six, you know, six yards in an attempt and only throws for 131 yards. Uh going to the fourth quarter tied with Wyoming. It's like Wyoming has a good defense, but not that good. Yeah. Um Texas should have had this game comfortably in hand by halftime, yeah, and just couldn't execute. Yeah. This was um, the back- I, I will
0: say the one I will also add. This was the backup quarterback for Wyoming. This is not this is not Andrew Peasley. This was Evan Svoboda.
1: Yeah, friend of the show Jeff Svoboda's son.
0: Yep. Um <laughs> Uh Yeah, I
1: mean look, the the Texas rushing attack, I said the one benefit here is Texas has him to find their running back. Um it seems like Jonathan Brooks is probably the guy. Yeah. Uh he's a sophomore for them. He contributed a bit last season, but uh, not too much. I, I think he's actually a redshirt sophomore. Um he's consistent. He's pretty solid. Um I, I don't know. They everyone kinda of thought it'd be CJ Baxter or what, Cedric Baxter, CJ Baxter would he go by. Um, but they're they're five star true freshmen. But it seems like it's gonna be Brooks and he's pretty good. I think it's at least an encouraging sign going forward is that you do have a guy at yeah. running back home.
0: Yep. Uh, Two more here, uh, and then we're going to jump into Backyard Brawl. I'm just going to skip over these two and mention the score. I don't have a ton to say about either of them. Uh, Sacramento State, 30. Stanford, 23. Going to take a minute there. Uh, And TCU, 36. Houston, 13. Houston's really bad. Anything on these two before we get into the brawl?
1: Um. Could Dana get fired if he goes like four and eight? Yes, I think he could.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, they're really bad. They're really, really bad at like fundamental football things. It's not just a lack of talent, it's a lack of anything.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. I think, I think it's over, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's over for him. I think it's time for him to go retire and just get drunk or whatever, you know, kind of hobble he likes to live in. Yeah. Um, Just stop coaching.
0: Yeah. Next up here, big one, uh, one that I believe you watched quite a bit of from what I have gathered. I watched a a decent amount of it. Um, And, Ryan, I do believe that uh, everyone involved in this game should be killed. I know that that might strike strike (laughs) some listeners as harsh, but West Virginia 17, Pitt 6. (laughs) It's awful, 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 awful football game. Horrible. Nothing good here. Nothing worth liking. Nothing worth caring about. Both of these programs should be burned to the ground for playing this game. Horrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, it's honestly so disgusting to watch this happen in real time, and for Pat Narduzzi to continue to support it. Yeah, like I think the way he's committing to Phil Trkovic. Look, uh, he's been their most successful coach, like since the '70s, right? Like since the Dan Marino era. Yeah, Um, he's better than once that ever was. It's fair to say, but. Man, this is horrible. Like he he also came out after this game. We're talking about Phil Trikovic here, but like I think everyone knows what happened with Phil. He came out and said he's starting again next week. They're yeah. not even like talking about putting in Voyo or getting him snaps. Yeah. They committed to him being the starter against North Carolina. And <laughs> and frankly, if you don't bench your kid during this performance, um, you know, over the last two weeks, he's now eighteen of fifty-two, which is a thirty-four point six percent completion rate yeah. with three interceptions and just five yards per attempt. If you don't bench him after
0: that. What could you possibly ever bench him for? Yeah, you're just committed to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pat Narduzzi should be in jail. He should be. I, I'm not kidding. He should be in jail. This man is evil. It's malpractice. <laughs> it's disgusting. Is, he's like he's a, he's a bad person to his core. He's a bad man. <laughs> he shouldn't be walking free.
1: No, like it is really disgusting to the other 84 scholarship players of your roster to do this to them. Um, yeah, the, if you watch that fourth quarter. Those guys did not want to be out there in the fourth quarter. Would and you?
0: I mean, I would. No, of course not. Like I why would. You, you, you. I would go into the transfer portal today if I was anybody else on Pitt's roster. The, the commitment to one guy is despicable. It's horrible. It's 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 off. It just you don't care about winning football games. If you're doing this, you do not care. You are telling everybody else on the team, I don't give a shit if we win. I don't give a shit if you're successful. I'm sticking to my own ego. I am committed to yeah. being right. I want to be right. Yeah, yeah. I want to be right. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I would. I would. I would just call the season a wash. Save your red shirt year. Go somewhere, Go somewhere else. There's no reason to play for this guy. He doesn't care about winning. Yeah,
1: and you saw it on the very first drive, right? Hits very first drive, ten consecutive runs for 67 yards. Yeah, and then they get all the way down to like the two yard line uh, on, on fourth and goal. And they flinch, they kick a field goal, mm-hmm. right? You try to run and impose your will drive. You run it down their throat for, for, you know, almost 70 yards. Yeah. And then on the last play,
0: you decide, ah, I want to take the points. Yeah. Uh, That's okay.
1: fucking ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is just, there's, there's uh there's a million, million bad things with this program right now with what Pitt is doing. Um, it's awful it is really I, nasty I, I feel so bad for their fans the other players the roster yeah uh and also their defensive
1: coaches too yeah because it doesn't Penn's need to be this really well
0: it, yeah it's yeah
1: it's a choice i mean west virginia looked like dog shit too we yeah, should say that of course like they, you know how many you know how many times they threw the ball in this game <laughs> not very many they
0: threw the ball 11 times yeah probably for the best I don't I don't think I would throw the ball a whole lot if I had what they had at quarterback. Yeah, neither would I. I mean it's just indefensible. I, I just can't get my head around it. Uh, um Yeah. He's evil. He's an uh, evil it, man. He he's just his his he has no soul. There's nothing <laughs> there's nothing good in Pat Narduzzi's life. He has never he, he doesn't contribute positively to human society. He should be locked away. He's a bad guy.
1: Honestly, that is the kind of game, despite all the goodwill you may have, should get you fired. Yeah. Like, yeah, out putting of, that out product of a in the field. He should be fired out, yeah. of a <laughs> out of a cannon. Out of a cannon. He should be put to flame.
0: Like, that Buddhist monk who self-emulated. Like, <laughs> that's what he should have to we do. We need a funeral uh-huh. pyre right now. We need to get a funeral <laughs> pyre delivered to the football facility right this second. It's over. No more. <laughs> uh. It really did piss me off to watch it. Like,
1: I was just angry watching that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And con- I don't even like condolences. I was with Pitt Pitt fans. fans. I, I, I do have a soft spot for Pitt. I'm not a I wouldn't call myself a Pitt fan. Uh but I you know I grew up in Pittsburgh. I like seeing Pitt win. Yeah. But how can you not want to fire him at this
0: point? Yeah. I don't know. I uh I don't know. It's it's really nasty. It's really, really bad. How stuff. can you watch the rest of the games? I wouldn't, wait. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, if, if Phil Drakovic is still the, the starting quarterback, I don't think there's any reason to watch Pitt, even as a Pitt fan, just, just, you know, wait until he's gone. Basically. Um, yeah, it's not going to get better. He's not going to, but I will say someone
1: else pointed this out. Uh, I think on our boards that Pitt from Halloween to end of the season, uh, has games against Notre Dame, Florida state and Duke. Awesome. They are ruining someone's year. They yeah. are, uh, no i know i know Pitt's dog shit but what i'm saying is that's a classic kind of pit team yeah which is like the four and eight five and seven pit team that like ruins someone's season they've done it like seven times mm-hmm. uh you know they, obviously what shin is a very famous one clemson's the other famous one it happens all the time for those guys yeah um It will happen again this year, too.
0: Yeah. A testament to the human spirit that Pitt manages to do that as often as it does. Um, Yeah. Anyway, next up here. Did you see? Sorry, last day, really quick. Did you see that WU linebacker talking about Dracovic? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, we knew coming in that he just wasn't very good at his job. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's such a funny quote. He's right. You, you watch him. He's, right. he's
1: right. The, the video is great, too, because you can see him in real time. Yeah, trying to find a nicer way
0: to say it. But like, it's just the most <laughs> honest thing it. to say. Like, he can't find ready. it. He's so desperately like, how do I not? How do I get out of this sentence that I've started and he can't do it? He just said he's not very good at his job that's still mean that's so much meaner even than just saying that he sucks we just you know we came in we just didn't think he was you know a responsible teammate we just didn't think (laughs) he was a valuable part of their of their culture (laughs) oh my god and also
1: jerkovic like talking shit on the pit fans last week and then coming out having this kind of game and refusing to meet with the media i look he's he's yeah no one's ever obligated to talk to the media i guess
0: but like you're a coward for doing that. Yeah. Say. You're a coward. You're a grown man. He's like 45 years old. Come on. What are you doing yeah. here? Get a job. Get a job. If this is the best you can do, get a job. Get a, get a move on. We don't need this anymore. All right. Uh, late night slate. This was a fun late night slate, man. There are three games that really stood out in this. There was also UTEP Arizona, but that was a blowout. But uh, <laughs> we'll start here with the, you know, the headline or the one that had a ton of attention all week, a ton of attention as the game. That's was going right. On. Kansas, Nevada. Kansas, yeah. Nevada. No, uh, Colorado <laughs> 43. Colorado State 35 in double overtime. Um I think you have the Dion part of this. I think you've you've been thinking more about that. I have the Jay Norvell part of this. Uh this guy fucking blew it. They had the chance to pull off a massive upset with a wildly overpowered team. Colorado State is not a good Mountain West team. I've seen them play. They're not good. They are, they're still not good. I think that they have something with that quarterback, Braden Fowler-Nicolosi, who they refused to go to for the entire last season. They finally did it. Um, Torrey Horton is obviously excellent. They made some huge yep. plays out wide. Lewis Brown was, was fantastic. Dallin Holker had that amazing touchdown reception. Um, they Those guys were playing their asses off. The skill guys in general, I thought the defense really, really delivered when it was, you know, put into situations to deliver and then you get into the fourth quarter with an eight point lead with like two minutes left fourth and two on the colorado side of the field and you punt and then you have colorado on their two yard line with two minutes to play and you drop eight and you don't blitz which was the thing that worked all game you put your guys in a you know in a position to fail basically you play for overtime that that punt, I, i mean yeah the punt decision yeah is
1: so fucking stupid. Like the worst case scenario for you is if you, if you don't get it. Colorado has semi advantageous field position. Maybe we'll make a tie happen, which is did anyway. Yeah. But the worst thing that can happen to you in regulation is they tie. There's no
0: chance where you lose, yeah. right? It's not possible. Yeah, on that drive, you're playing with house money. All you money. can do is beat up You're fucking Colorado. three and nine, motherfucker. You're not the favorite here.
1: Yeah, you are double-digit underdog. And you have one play to go get two yards, two yards, and win the game. Two, and they refuse to even try. Yeah. And then, after that, you know, in the first overtime, once it actually goes well, to overtime, e- even Colorado, overtime,
0: even before overtime, even before overtime, Colorado State gets the ball back with like a minute left in regulation and just plays for overtime. They punt. They punt with like four. They got the ball with like forty-five seconds left, and they managed to fucking punt before regulation ended. They didn't even try. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god.
1: And then. And then in overtime, Colorado incredibly bizarrely elects to take the ball first, which yeah. you just don't do in college. Yeah. It's I, – I still don't understand that one. Um, that is baffling from Dion. Uh And then they go out there, they score. Colorado State gets the ball back and scores and doesn't go for two. They have a chance to end the game. And so they say, no, we'll get into a shootout with a much more talented team instead. Let's do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the road, yeah, and in a, in a short thinking? distance, yeah, twenty-five yard shootout. Where eventually, if you want to win the game, you are going to need to convert a two-point conversion. It's not like you're the gonna, very next, the yeah, very next possession. You're not right. going to get the choice. It's not like oh, we just we're just going to keep kicking and we're going to see if they blink. We're going to see if we can get a stop. You have to convert. You have to get a two-point conversion. You have to do it at some point. It's going to be a two-point shootout pretty soon if you keep playing the game. But do you not have a play? Do you like? You go for the win, man. You're on the road with a less talented team. Yeah, it, that's just playing for Especially overtime.
1: Especially after after you talk shit, after there's a pregame scrum, yeah. after like, you know, your players, I don't know, like, I don't think it's a Florida State situation where like Florida State told the team to go set the tone against yeah. like, LSU, but rather like Colorado State, their player took it into his own hands to like have a, to be fair, dirty late hit on Travis Hunter, the yeah. one that knocked him out of the game, right? Like they yeah. were willing to go out there and set the tone. Um, they took the lead they played better all game and then the coaching just undermined them at the end they just they blinked they they folded
0: yep yeah and i i said as much on on twitter but i don't know how if you're jay norvell i don't know how you face your team after doing this after just selling them out they they colorado state had a chance here at a and a program win that they desperately need they they can't win close games right now. This keeps happening to them. And it's because Jay Norvell is coaching fucking scared. He's coaching like he's a favorite, and he's not. And, uh, yeah, they deserved better. I think Colorado State's players deserved much, much better than they got from their coaches here. Jay Norvell is to blame for this loss. Straight up. He just – he is. He blew it. Yeah.
1: Also, Hunter, Travis Hunter being out means there are going to be some ready made
0: excuses for – dion in colorado but they're getting wolf the next two weeks i um, i would i would tend to agree with that yeah so what is your thing on dion here oh uh, i mean
1: like he talked a lot of shit pre-game uh yeah. and then like like an inordinate amount of did, shit for the game itself an, yes he had his mom come to the locker room to talk shit. did you see that yes uh <laughs> yeah like and then you go out and have that, like, just mewling, pathetic performance where you barely win because the other coach fucks it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't show I'm up. I'm not going to, like sh- – no, they didn't show up. I'm not going to shame the fans for, like, storming the field or whatever. Whatever. Your team has sucked for forever. You're allowed to storm the field. Um, but, man, I don't know. Like, if you're going to be this guy, the shit-talking guy, and make it personal every week – You have to actually show up when you say it's personal. Yeah, you can't just go out there and pull a Ryan Day and talk shit and then like not try hard. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. They didn't look like they had prepared for this game. They didn't look ready to play. And you know, losing Travis Hunter is what it is, and he's obviously a crucial part of what they do. But Colorado State's not a good team, man. It's just not. It's not a good team. They're not going to win a lot of games this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, you gotta be better. You gotta be prepared for games like this. And that's, that's part of the deal when you're, you know, trying to be a, a top tier program is you gotta get up for all of them. You gotta be ready to go for all of them. You can't be looking ahead. I, yeah, they, they need to, they need to be more focused than they were here. I thought Shadur Sanders was fantastic down the stretch. It's hard to come away with any other conclusion than that. He won the game for them. He was, he made some really, really big time throws. I think he is excellent. But uh, damn, they need—they need a little bit more a year. This is not going to cut it moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, oh, yeah. gross. Just gross to watch. Um, yeah. he did update his son rankings though after the game. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw that. He said, <laughs> he said, moving uh, up the power rankings. Uh, yeah, he said Shiloh moved up because of his play. Nice. Um, he also said that he said all of you are liars pretending you all love your sons the same. Obviously, you don't. <laughs> um, so not
0: only is he just power ranking them he's saying he loves them more based oh, on how yeah, well they yeah. sort of a fun look into yeah. the man's psyche there that is that is good maybe revealing a little yeah. bit more than he intended to with that um yeah that's fun <laughs> yeah. uh next up here two, right two quick games yeah, here two yeah, more yeah, games fresno state yeah. 29 arizona state zero just a complete ass whooping they they knock out game with them this was not competitive um fresno state's good and arizona state's really bad And then Kansas 31, Nevada 24, weird game, really weird game. Nevada did not play especially well. Kansas, I thought was, was okay. Kansas, you know, outgained them by almost 200 yards. Just didn't take advantage of a ton of opportunities. Had a couple turnovers. They had one turnover. Um, Nevada had four fumbles and they didn't lose a single one. Um, Just a weird game. I, I don't think that there's a ton to take from this. Just one of those.
1: Yep. We are still, uh, we're still carrying the flag here. We're good. Yep. Um, Fresno State game, man. Dillingham sucks so fucking bad. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, they, they they lost Jander a shot up for this game. It looks like he's now going to redshirt uh, because of the injury he suffered. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know you're the quarterback guy. That's your whole thing. Is you're the, you're the young quarterback guru with the exciting offense and all the quarterbacks. Yeah. And you try three different guys in this game, all of whom suck. I guess the yeah. last one, uh, Trenton <laughs> Bourget he was okay they all but sucked in different some... ways
0: too which is funny yeah. it's not like oh just the yeah. offense was bad <laughs> they were all bad in their own different way
1: right they combined to go 17 of 37 with five interceptions awesome um and then your rushing attacks sucked too you average less than uh less than 1. <laughs> 1. 1.6 yards per rush yeah uh like what can you say these guys were dog shit they're a horrible football team
0: yeah um wow. At least it they was have such
1: a, an obviously stupid hire with a bad staff,
0: and yeah. it's it's worse as we thought. Well, at least they have a foothold in Arizona high school recruiting. You have to think that's going to be the difference between you know losing by twenty nine to Fresno State and losing by uh, seventeen to Fresno State. I think they can get there. You got to believe in them, um, Ryan. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm going to go do another podcast. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, can't wait. We'll catch you guys later this week.